And welcome back to a Friday afternoon, really live edition of Green Rush. I'm Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media. We like to talk about the business of cannabis on this show, and we've been doing it here during this time slot now for three years. And it's pretty amazing that we're still here. People are watching. They're chatting in our chat room, and uh, we, we continue to get great guests. And that continues here in this next half hour. I can tell you at the top of the hour... Uh, we're going to have Bruce Barcott, the former editor of Leafly.com, who had been with that company for seven years before that company decided to pull the plug on a lot of the marketing. So once again, another major player in the cannabis space is pulling the plug back and kind of reorganizing and, and shifting uh, because of the downturn of the economy more, more than anything else. And uh, joining us now is uh, Jason Bellow. And he is one who is, I believe, sitting on the shores of one of my favorite spots on earth. It's Sebago Lake in the great state of Maine. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. I, I love it up there. I know exactly. I can close my eyes and see Sebago in my in my memories because it really is a very special spot uh, in the great state of Maine. And uh, I'm, I'm jealous that you're up there, but you are doing something in Massachusetts next week. Tell us a little bit about this this two day show that you're involved with and what can we expect up in it's in Greenfield, Massachusetts, which is near the border of Vermont and New Hampshire, right? It's just, it's in the Massachusetts area, but it's just below New Hampshire and Vermont. Exactly, yeah. Basically, uh, Northwest Massachusetts, yeah, right on the border of New Hampshire. Um, but basically, it's a two-day event. Um, the The whole premise of the show is obviously consumption and sampling. Um, and really, it's, it's a platform uh, for cannabis brands in Massachusetts to come show off their product and meet every retailer in the state in two days. So we've got, as of this morning, 86% of Massachusetts dispensaries are going to be in attendance. So um, yeah, really, I think it, it kind of is streamlining as a cannabis operator, you know, you want to meet obviously retailers and sell your product in their shops. So this is the most streamlined platform uh, in which you can do that. Now, um, and, and Josh Kincaid's with us from Washington State, and he lends a great perspective because his state was one of the first to legalize adult use in our country. And and he also has a background in finance. So, um, so I got to ask the question about how you've got over 80% of the dispensaries represented at your show. Now, if I remember correctly, that's close to almost 200 dispensaries. 246 as of this morning we have wow wow yeah. that's fantastic so um how did you get them all to agree to come in out in greenfield and and it's a consumption event so is it obviously i'm going to guess it's outdoors yes uh mixed out mostly outdoor i have two indoor buildings but i i mean really the the to build this show it it had a slow start and then it, it really ramped up once we started to get those key brands but our our philosophy hasn't changed internally i mean i have a really great team todd bellow my cousin he does retail relations is called every store in massachusetts 15 times um <laughs> joey harold who he used to be the former head of operations at hall of flowers joined us to launch this show uh kai brady does exhibitor sales. So my team has worked extremely hard to to pull this thing off. And it really just took a lot of communicating with the uh, with the operators in the state. And everybody's been very receptive. And 
understands what we're trying to do. And I think it's going to really make this the, uh, the two days on the calendar for Massachusetts operators. I feel like this is what HempFest should have evolved into rather than what it's no longer, um, you know, it's, it's pretty much dead. Uh, but it's interesting. You've got a guy that's on your team from hall of flowers. Cause immediately I'm thinking this is a combination of hall of flowers and interchange. So if you've ever heard of, uh, the marijuana venture magazine, they have interchange, which is speed dating for retailers to meet those growers yeah, and manufacturers. I'm familiar with that show. Yeah. yeah some, of the, some of the audience members might not be, but they, they ring a bell every 20 minutes and like speed dating, you get up, you move to the next yeah. team. And, and you do that. So maybe you can explain, because I think this is a phenomenal um, business uh, opportunity. Because uh, in my mind, I'm like, wow, are you are you handing out free samples like they kind of do at Hall of Flowers? Or you buy tickets in advance? Is it open to the public? Is it business only? Like, how does that work with regulators? Kind of explain it a little bit, because it's fascinating. Sampling and consumption approved from the booth. So if you're an exhibitor, you're allowed to bring product in. Um, it really, it follows possession laws where I've, I met with a bunch of people at the CCC. Um, so they, they're fully aware of what we're doing. I've just a complicated system of keeping track of it, but basically, yeah, it's like hall of flowers where, um, you know, you can sample from your booth. We don't have that dispensary model of getting a ticket. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's it. It's really just exhibitors can sample from their booth. Um, and. Now, is it op- open to the public? Not open to the public. So that it, it's it's business to business. It's at, it's very focused. Okay. And um, how is it? Ten to four. What are the hours on uh, next? It, it's Wednesday yeah. and Thursday next week, right? Yeah. Thursday, June fourteenth to fifteenth. It's ten to five each day. Okay. And, and regulator, sorry, Jimmy, your regulator, because we've got an issue out here where a lot of the events are not making money because the regulators are coming in and saying there's no consumption. And if you advertise, you're going to get in trouble. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, is your regulator on board with this? And are you having any pushback on advertising? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, I mean, I have legal counsel. Frankly, there's no like you know, guidelines for the state really of, I, of the only thing is to a cannabis event, you can't sell tickets. So that's kind of the main thing of, of like a consumer show, but we're not a consumer show. It's a private event. Um, we took a lot of precautions. Um, and, you know, I based this off of, you know, I, like I said, Joey comes from Hall of Flowers. I, I was one of the first employees there too. And my dad founded the show with two other partners uh, in 2017. So, I've, I've had a lot of experience of like learning how that shows ran under a, you know, it within a state that has the cannabis event license, you know, there's only a couple of states that do it's like that Michigan, I think, I think Washington might like have some kind of framework, but I, I'm not sure, but, but Massachusetts has something coming along and uh, I hope this event sets the precedent for how they create that license because we're basing you know, our compliance and, and everything, the way we run our show after uh, Hall of Flowers and, you know, other other great events that have consumption sampling, push stock, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have music there? Uh, not live music, but there will be music throughout the venue. Night one, Wednesday night, we have a block party. So there will be live music, uh, DJs and a performance in the Hawks and Reed, which is a bar attached to our venue. 
Huh. Okay. Very cool. And uh, the town of Greenfield embracing this. They love it. Yeah. I mean, I've met with uh, the chief of their city council. I've sat in on their city council meetings, but town is very open and liberal and loves it. Um, super artsy, cute, small town that I think is, is really gonna uh, accept this community into it. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun for two days for everybody coming. Yeah. And Josh, don't you want to see more of these? I mean, to me, it, you know, I, I just think we've got to get past this. We've got, and oh, what about this is going to happen? What about DUIs and all this stuff? No, people are, for the most part, the people that are in the cannabis space are responsible users of the plant. They are. They know what it does to them. They've experimented many, many times, so they know how much they can take, what they can take, how they can take it. There's a lot of different, the people that end up using it and having an uncomfortable position uncomfortable experience of those that aren't that experienced with it you really need to have education how much educational uh is there going to be an educational uh area at your event at all or, or what how are we going to teach people while we're at this event yeah you know i think that really lot you know as a trade show organizer it's a it's a very neutral stance amongst you know i'm i'm not picking to highlight one brand or the other it's it's you come in and you know fill your booth and it's a very equitable space so i i think um each brand is definitely gonna do demos and show everything like out of their booth and i think that's basically the opportunity that you experience i would also say i while i totally agree with you like you know you need to educate and inform and and do all of that for you know people to understand the plant my show kind of has like a macro um level of like influence on the market just because this is where you know buyers come to do their purchasing and buyers come to see who are the biggest players in the industry and um it, it really is going to affect like you know i think it's going to affect the purchasing patterns of a lot of stores in in this upcoming year just because you'll see a lot more marquee brands in the industry so who are who are the buyers jason because I, I um in washington we're not vertically integrated and so the retailers are separate from the producer processors so when you have these 243 or whatever retailers in this teeny town, um, I've never been there. I'm just assuming it's small. <laughs> but yeah. if you have all these people there, how does that work? Like, who's the target audience? Why are they there? And who are they going to sell to if they're if they're vertically integrated or are they not? Like, who's the market? For? Yeah, no, good question. I mean, it it's a unique state. Um, I would just tell you too that like, Massachusetts dispensaries, you can only have three stores per operator. So you see a lot of, um, you see a lot of like mid-level operator, mid-upper level operators like uh, that have three retail stores and a couple of cultivations and have really good product. It's not really like, I guess, California where you have like the upper echelon and then it's a race to the bottom. Um, so, so you definitely like have a lot of strong brands. There are, you know, many, sole manufacturers trying to that are big brands out here like uh trying to sell to those dispensaries but it, it's a mixture of all over but either way i think there's there's still a lot of room for like you know if you walk into a store in in pittsfield mass or cape cod or or the north shore you're gonna see totally different product you know what i mean you're, you'll only see maybe one or two common brands where frankly it should be a lot more I don't think of uh, agriculture when I think of the Northeast um, for some reason, you know, I think of like lobster, but 
where I'm at, it's it's a lot of hops, like it's a hop central of the world in Yakima, which is central Washington. So when we do become federally legalized, what are you guys going to be known for? Is it going to be micro indoor grows? You guys going to do massive outdoor? Is it going to be hemp? Is it going to go away with federal legalization? What Where do you see that segment making a lasting impression on the national scale? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think Jimmy will probably have something to say too, but I, I would just tell you that like the Berkshires um, historically is like, the Emerald Triangle. It's kind of where everybody was growing in, in the old days where it was illegal. And then they switched. There were a lot of indoor grows out there, but I think there's a mix of a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, outdoor grows that are good. And I think that uh, there's a lot of great indoor growers. Like, you know, the Chemdog strain comes from the, the Berkshires where we're holding the event. Um, I would also say, I would, yeah. I come from California, you know, and and worked on Hall of Flowers, so I've seen a lot of different product types out there. Um, concentrates are less apparent out here, and uh, you see more beverages and edibles are more apparent out here. So I think it's it's a different type of consumer and a, and a little bit of a different, more unique type of product. But I think that might be its lasting impact. Yeah. Did you say your dad started Hall of Flowers? Yeah. He started it, um, Eric Bello with uh, Danny Diamondstein and Aaron Levant, who they were- How did he, because that's that's pretty crazy, man. You grew up in one of the, um, I, I think, I haven't been to Hall of Flowers in California. I've seen it at Vegas. I've lived vicariously yeah. through social media. And it seems like one of the most engaging conferences I've seen in 10 years, even though I haven't been there. But every yeah. like people who go back, it's not like it's a one-off situation. It's not an anomaly. This is a thing where people are like, oh, damn, yeah. I should have got more tickets. So how did your dad start it? What was the influence in being a part of that and seeing it, man? What was your takeaways? Because that's pretty successful. Yeah. No, I mean, well, for me, it was like the greatest crash course in trade shows that anybody could ever get ever uh, because I'd learned so much under such brilliant minds. Um but I would just tell you that, uh, you know, those those three guys are just absolute legends in the trade show industry. And it was, you know, any, anybody who who saw him coming knew Hall of Flowers was going to be a success. I mean, my dad worked on Comdex, which was one of the biggest computer trade shows in the world. Um, it became CES. Uh, and then he ended up running uh, the Las Vegas Sands Convention Center, which owns hotels in Vegas and Macau, Singapore. Danny Diamondstein, he he did a uh, Liberty Fair trade show, which is a clothing show uh, that was a sub trade show of magic. And then Aaron Levant, um, he did uh, Agenda, which was a streetwear like hype fashion show, and then ended up running ComplexCon for a few years. And then they all came together and, and made Hall of Flowers. That's a crazy brainstorming session. I bet you they came up with some cool stuff they haven't even implemented yet. That sounds cool. I'm sure. what, I'm hearing, yeah. what I'm hearing though is a uh, it's a maturation of a new industry. It, it, they're, everybody's looking for that angle that is unique to yeah. um, to help the industry out because you it, there's a lot of backbiting in this industry right now in the Massachusetts area, and I don't like it. it there has to be more of a community of uh, working together and collaboration rather than competition. And yet competition is good for 
the economy because it, it makes you have the best product or offer the most, the different types. And, um, you know, so you have a variety of products on your shelves and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I just wonder, uh, everybody in one place, uh, is everybody going to get along? You hope Jason, I just hope everybody does. Cause I know there's some, there's some bad blood between some of these dispensaries in Massachusetts. I know that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think it's a good thing in general just to have everyone together. And um, I think, you know, a, a lot, a lot of, the, I've been an operator before too. And like, there, there's always just kind of rumors going around or anything in, in, you know, whether it be a personal thing or whether it be a business thing, but it's, it's good for everybody to just be on the same level, like in same uh, within the same platform and kind of just be together as a community. Um, I think it'll foster good business relationships and personal. Um, and then, you know, I think we're doing sessions too, which is our speaker series that'll happen on uh, day one. So it's a good opportunity for everyone to get together and kind of hear from some some of the most experienced people in the industry. We have some top CEOs and industry executives there. Um, but I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's going to be a really good thing to have everyone under one roof. All the more reason for me to cover it for We Talk News, too, which is another reason why I'll be going out there. Um, and one of these days, people in the industry, Josh, you, you, I've told you about Massachusetts, right? That out of all the people, all the states that watch us, it, it's great. California, Texas, Michigan, Florida, New York, Massachusetts is 14th. And I'm really trying to make myself more visible <laughs> in my own backyard and getting out to these more of the uh, Bay State area events so that people can find out what we're doing here because we have a national following now. It, it's it's bizarre to me. I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm amazed when I went to New York last week, um, people were stopping me and hugging me and, and taking pictures. I mean, you, Jason, you don't know this, but I was a sportscaster for 30 years. So I was a public figure in New England, nice. in Portland, Maine, and in Boston. But I never expected to see the same kind of adulation, if you will, in cannabis yeah. for me. For me, come on. I mean, I didn't know. I'm just talking about it because I'm fascinated with the industry. I'm fascinated with the stories. I'm amazed at the depth of uh, the science and the and the chemistry and the research and the botany and all the all the different ancillary companies that are involved with this industry. And and when when I oh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it because I really think more people need to understand that we have to, this is not going away. This plant is not going away. It changes people's lives. It saves people's lives. It's here to stay. Don't look at it as an evil thing. Look at it as an interesting thing. There's so much research out there. Um, when Bruce Barcott joins us in a few moments, um, he'll tell stories that blow my mind when I hear stories about those that have been most impacted by the failed war on drugs are still being victims excuse me, victimized by by regulations and, and by the stigma yep. that's out there. And, and and Josh, while you talk about legalization, I think ultimately it, it's going to happen, but that's that involves politicians and lawyers. And that means it's going to take a long time for that to happen. I want people to get to normalization. I want people to accept the fact, you know what, let me find out about this product. Maybe it can help me with my sleep. Maybe it can help me with my anxiety. Maybe it can help me with my aches and pains and arthritis that, that a lot of people have. And Josh, I thought at the beginning of the show, when you brought up caffeine, you know, 91% of Americans have a cup of coffee every day. It's more consumed than water in the US. Right. And caffeine 
is an addictive, psychoactive chemical. And yet we've accepted it as part of our world, right? We have. More, more than that, businesses will actually give you a leeway and be like, oh, you haven't had your cup of coffee yet. I understand why you made that mistake. Like we, you know, if you were like, oh, I'm hungover, then there's no, no error there, no, right. no leeway. But they'll give you leeway and be like, oh, I can't talk to you. I've had my first cup of coffee. Ha 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 ha. Everyone laughs. Like that's right. dependency at its core. So I don't know. I I see people traveling six hours away um, in state to go to an event. I I wonder if, um, Jason, you're going to be bringing this to other places because if it's as popular with interchange coming from a place like Spokane to Seattle, which is six hours away, which is like half a dozen states in the East Coast that you'd have to drive through to get Mm -hmm. there. Um, It it makes sense that people want to do this. It's that uh, important. And although the festivities have become less fun and more business-like uh, throughout the years, it's still around. Whereas a lot of other stuff is not around. Canacon doesn't come around. Hempfest isn't here. A lot of stuff is dead, dead, dead in the Northwest. Uh, yeah. Do you plan on bringing your events to the nation or are you going to stick to where you're at in the Northeast? Yeah. Hmm. You know, I just, uh, I believe in like giving something you're all your 100% and right now I'm I'm so narrowly focused on making this show a success that I'm not sure yet but I would just say like you know even as Jimmy you were just saying like we're so early in the industry that if this were the computer industry they only just made pong you know it's 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 super super early so I I I think you know it, it's no question I I'd, I'd probably want to expand if if this goes well, but for now I'm, I'm focused on making sure next week is a smash success, which I think it will be. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, um, Jason, I wish you the best. How, how do you have a website? Give it, give a plug yeah, to your website. Just the flower Take a visit our events next week, June 14 to 15. And, um, and my, my guest that's coming up at five needs the link, Dan, and it's uh, Bruce Barcott is his name. And I'll tell you uh, what his email is in the break. But we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have Bruce. We'll connect with Bruce. But Jason, I will see you Wednesday next week in Greenfield, Massachusetts. And it will be my first trip to Greenfield, Massachusetts. So I'm not not sure if that's a news story or not, but we'll make it one for sure. All right. Thank you and good luck. We're going to come back with more after this. Don't go away. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.